0: we're going to talk about this lesson. You've got it in front of you. It's called uh, Surviving Setbacks. <clears throat> in, uh, in business, you're going to discover that if you start going and growing, you will have some setbacks. In fact, uh, I remember when Tanya, in fact, in her business, there was a time she came and approached me down here at the luncheon and said, uh, I've had a little setback. I said, okay, what's the issue? And there was an issue there that she had that's normal for a lot of places that really start growing. The more you grow, by the way, your infrastructure has to grow with it. If it doesn't, what takes place is, is that there's going to be one day a spill-off, and no matter what you bring in the front door, you can't keep or maintain. So you're constantly having to make changes. And, uh, and sometimes, if you don't change the infrastructure quick enough, you'll have a setback there. Sometimes your people will walk on you. Sometimes your star players or performers will leave. Sometimes you'll go out and you'll see the greatest opportunity, but in trying to achieve that you may not have the capital to be able to do that. A lot, of, a lot of folks lately have been asking me about what's the advantages or disadvantages to uh, going public with their business. And they're saying, I've got so many opportunities and I'm doing real well, but uh, wh- you know, if I go public with it, then, then other people own so much of it. What does that do for the direction? Who do I put on the boards and things like that? And so there's all kind of potentials for setbacks. I want to take the fear out of that for you. I want you to understand that setbacks are normal if you will accept that, you can move past that. If you think you're the only one in the world that has a setback, it'll stop you in your tracks. And a lot of people never got past a setback in life. So let me give you about six rules for the setbacks and how you survive them, okay? Number one, filling in the blank, only the mentally strong survive. You got to understand that the setback is only damaging if you allow it to be mentally. We say our biggest obstacles are psychological and and if you start dwelling on nothing but the negative, you know, if you've got to go call everybody and John walked on me, they quit on me, nobody showed up today, or they left me, they took my biggest customers. If you begin to focus on that and feed on that, what it does is it takes your mind off what you're in business for, and, and it allows you to spend more energy focusing on the person or the people that may have set you back or the problem than it does on focusing where you ought to go. All of us have had it. In the early days when, uh, when I was pastoring here, in the early days, one, one, uh, one stage where we really started to grow, we went from 30 people to about 400, and then one day 300 got up and walked out. Just couldn't take my pace, didn't like my focus on everybody matters. Uh, didn't, didn't seem to. They just didn't, didn't have that kind of same value system. So when I walk out, I'm almost back to zero, and it doesn't, doesn't feel good. I had two ways to deal with it. I can sit around and cry, woe is me. And people say, well, that's bad, but I got my own life and my own woes. Or I can say, hey, that's okay. We learn from that and we go on. And so I determined I, I was going to choose the other road. Just keep going. And and what I encourage you to do is in your life, you're going to have a couple of setbacks. Now they may be major, they may be minor, but through all of them, you've got to learn how to get a mental grip around it. And so the first thing we say is understand it. You, you got to keep your head in the game. Just say, Hey, that happens. Sometimes I couldn't choose it, but that's okay. I'm learning to deal with this and there are people that are survivors and if they are, I want to be one too. Number two, keep your priorities straight and simple. When a setback comes, it's one of the greatest things that helps us to clarify priorities. When the problem comes, we have a tendency to stop and say, you know, I need to stop meddling and everything else and focus on what I do and do well. That's that kind of Jack Welch philosophy when he says he says, figure out what you can be number one and number two in. And don't invest your time and energy in three, four, and five. And so it helps you to figure out that's what I do well. That's what I'm best at. And therefore this setback may not be a setback after all. It may be an eye-opening experience for me. It may be the wake-up call I needed all along to figure out what I needed to do to get ahead. And so it's not always a negative if you don't allow it. (coughs) Number three. Understand this, survival takes practice. Uh, what we mean by that is prepare yourself when things are going good for what would happen in worst case scenario. I mean, just ask yourself that question. Worst case scenario, what's going to happen? And, 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 you know, we all do it in different ways. I've always said, well, what if one day everybody just said, we don't want you anymore, you got you know, we don't need you, you're out of here. I believe as best I know how to for that. Moment, I'd walk right down a center aisle, wave at everybody and say, thank you, it's been a great trip. And I'd go right out and start something new and something I always want to do. I I think you ought to prepare for what's the worst case. And how can I get through that? And is it really as bad? Because sometimes we manufacture in our mind this terrible fear that's not really as bad as we think. And and when we do that, all we're really doing is wasting time and energy and, and using imagination for something that may not come about instead of using it for something that can produce something. You've only got a certain amount of energy each day, so use it in the right places, and you've only got a certain amount of creativity, so use it for good things. I often said when I used to do a prison ministry, and I'd meet these folks, and they'd be plotting about what crime they are going to commit when they got out. And I used to say, if you'd spend so much time thinking about what business you'd start, you wouldn't have to worry about getting back in. And they'd laugh with me, and they'd say, I know, but we have all this free time. And I'd say, yeah, but you're using the free time any way you want. It's like a dollar bill. You can use it any way you want, but you can't use it but once. And they're using their free time to plot how to do something else that's going to land them right back where they are. And, and so that's not a wise thing to do. Practicing, it means I, I, I learn how to adjust. I figure out what the different situations will come. What happens if the banker tells me no? What happens if they don't let me? Many years ago, we were starting, we, added, we, uh, we did banking with a, with a particular bank in town, and we put $50,000 a month more than what we owed them for. We owed them on a small note, but we were putting $50,000 a month over and above all expenses in that bank. And we did that for over a year. There came a time we needed to go borrow some money. We'd never asked for money in 20 years. The history before I got here, nor up to that day, had never asked for money. And financially, we were so good that it was a no-brainer. And so I went down and saw a banker and sat down with him and And looked across the table and said, listen, for the first time, we're going to need some money. And uh, here's all our books. Here's our accounts. Here's where we are. And you'll note we put $50,000 a month in your account for all these years. And so there's more than enough to cover the the monthly payment. And he said, well, I, I don't know. And he began to feel as if somehow that was all his money. And he was really caught up on titles and positions and all that. And he wanted to try to put me through the ringer. And so I said, let me be honest with you. Uh, there's about eight other banks in town. And, and if we don't do this, this is not a threat. This is just, just good business. Then we've discovered for the first time we've asked for money from you, and you hadn't given it to us. And so we're going to go somewhere else. And, and I'm going to go to the other eight banks. If they say no, guess what? I got a phone book of Atlanta, and I'm going to go through it. And I'm going to knock on every single door. And, and the guy said, I don't think you'll do that. And I went back to our board and said, I think we ought to. And me and one businessman got out, and we went to eight banks. On our ninth bank, not even in Columbus, we went to Phoenix City, Alabama. Went over to Phoenix City, and the bank president over there said, man, I'll help you out. His name was Jerry Holly, And uh, Jerry's no longer there now. He's retired. But, but Jerry opened up the door, one of the best loans he ever made. In fact, from that point on, we've done so well. We use one bank out of California. We've got six different banks at the church, but one of them is in California loaned us all we need. We are financially so good. And, and one of the bankers said, what's it going to take for you to put all that money y'all put? Because it's been millions upon millions every year. What's it going to take to put it in our bank? And that's the that same bank. And I said, I've never heard an apology yet. It's been 10 years. Now, if we ever heard an apology, we might do business. But for some reason, you think we owe you that. And it's just not going to happen. And, and, and the reason I tell you that is I want you to understand, there's going to be some banks sometimes tell you no. There's going to be some people sometimes tell you no. If you're financially sound, can I tell you, they're not the only dog and pony show in town. You can go somewhere else. And, and so the setback may not turn out to be so bad. Well, the setback for us turned out to be the best thing we ever did. I'm glad that experience happened because it helped us to really define our priorities and get what we wanted. And so I hope you'll, you'll, you'll learn from it. Don't stop. Number four, survival takes imagination. This is where your creativity comes in. Uh, surviving setbacks requires being creative. There's, there's more than one way to do something. And one of the dangers we have is we give up so easy. My wife and I the other night were watching uh, the interview with uh, Cuban, the guy who is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Man, I enjoyed his story. In fact, she likes to, you know, when we go to watch the Super Bowl or something, she, she, she loves football. But she loves it better when they hone in on the life of a person. You know, this person gave his kidney to so-and-so. All of a sudden, she'll swap teams on you. I love them. You know? And I'm saying, yeah, but he's on the opposing team. Yeah, but he gave up his kidney. you know. And, uh, and, and she's for the one they can tell the best story about. Well, this guy started, come on. I said, honey, you got to watch this. She said, what is it? And I said, listen to his story. And so she sat down a few minutes. She said, what a winner. He said, man, I always did something. He said, I, I threw papers. I sold this. I did that. They said, you ever you ever... Uh, you know, you ever go broke? He said, all the time. He said, I was either rich or broke all the time. He said, I didn't quit. Man, I found ways to do things. And he talked about when he was in college, how that he, he paid for his tuition in certain ways by, by selling everything on campus. And today he's worth $2 billion. And he's sitting there, owns the Dallas Mavericks, pays these guys phenomenal. He'll buy sometimes popcorn and Coke for everybody in the whole stadium He's, he's the funnest guy to watch. He's been fined over $1 million for running out on the court and arguing with the umpires. And what he does, every time he gets fined, he matches the amount of the fine to some charity. So if he gets fined for $50,000, he'll give it to cancer. You know, he'll say, I'm going to give the fine and pay $50,000 to cancer. And so he says, fine me all you want. And so one day he even said when they fined him real big, he said, is that all you got? They wanted to find him, I think it's was $100,000. He said, I'm a billionaire. And they're finding me 100000 He said, like I'll miss that. <laughs> well, here's a guy who's just grabbed hold of life, living it to his fullest. And we're just enjoying the interview with him because he's saying, I had one setback after another, but look where I'm sitting today. And so I hope out of your setback stories, you'll say, Look where I'm sitting. I'm still here. A man told me the other day, he's going through a divorce. He said, My wife kind of ambushed me with this. He said, walked in, handed me the papers, and said, She's leaving. He said, "I never saw it coming." He said, "For the last month now, I've been just dealing with this." And he said, "I've been wanting to crawl in a hole and die. I don't know what to do, how to get through." I said, "What did she want to do?" He said, "She wanted to take me down." I said, "Did you walk in this office on your own two feet?" He said, "Yeah." You drove over here by yourself? I said, "Yeah." I said, "Then she didn't do it, did she?" And he stopped and said, "That's right. I'm still standing." He said, "That's right, Brother Bill. I know why I came by and talked to you. Now. You're right. I'm still standing." All he needed to know was he's still standing. Was he hit hard? Sure, but he's still standing. And the goal you've got to have when a a real setback comes is, I'm still standing. It happened. I didn't like it. It was painful. Hey, but guess what? I'm still going. And if you can understand that, I think you can see a better day. Number five is this. Know what you need to get by. You may not need everything you think you need to get by. You know, you, you, there may be some things in the survival deal that, that really get you there without having to worry about it. Know what you need to get by. Sometimes we got a lot of stuff, but truth is, if you sold everything you got, most of the things you got, you could probably still get by. I had a guy that told me, he said, I didn't know what all I needed until I lost everything. And after I lost everything, I figured out, he said, I wasn't really that bad off. He said, I had a lot of luxuries and a lot of accessories. But he said, when it came down to the basics, he said, I could get by on a lot more, and I'm doing just as good on the income I'm making now... Than I was when I had before because I was so caught up in the trappings. Just figure out. Sometimes the setbacks may be more of a help to you than a hurt. And number six is condition yourself for survival. You, you, if you ever watch uh, the Survivor series, you know the television show, they put all them folks on that island. We kind of watch their lives, and you know we said, yeah, get that one off, get that one off, you know. And 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 we do that. You know what they're learning? They're learning some techniques, some good, some bad. But, but if I condition myself to survival, it means I want to be the last one standing. And one of the ways I do it is learn to pick the brains of the people that went before you. It's that old thing, going to school and the other guy's shop. Learn from other people. Make sure when you go to the table with somebody that you get something. There are many times I'll go to breakfast or lunch or spend a moment with somebody, and they'll give me a thought, and when they give me the thought, I, I have to write it down. And I say, now, it, it doesn't matter about anything else. I mean, from here on, they just helped me. Sometimes they gave me one concept or thought or principle that I've been able to use for 20 years. And I've said that one conversation gave me that one thing. You're Tanya to say, one thing over here kind of help me with this. All of us need that. When I read a book, I don't read a book thinking the whole book's going to change my life. I read a book, and if I get one good thought, I say, that's worth the price of it. Sometimes I've read a whole book and didn't get one. But sometimes i read it and said, man, there's a nugget on every page. And so that's all it takes. I'm a simple guy. I basically got a life like this. I've said, if I get one good thought today, it's been a good day. And it don't have to be an original thought. It can be yours. Now I take yours just as good. And once I got it, that's good enough for me. The key is in learning how to survive is I want to find out who survived, who's done it, and figure out how they did it. And if I can learn from that, we had a little issue the other day, not bad, but a little minor issue in our nursery program. And we'd done more than most places to have a good nursery program. But they came to me and told me about something. And we were, we were 99% in the right. I mean, when you looked at it, and, and even the people defending it and around it were saying, Pastor, we're in the right. Here's where we are. We're not, and we were. I looked at a paper, and on paper we were. But there's that 1% I just didn't like. I'm just never satisfied. And I said, here's what I want you to do. Go back in there and redo the whole thing. And initially, there was some reaction. Well, why do we have to do? Here's why. Because I don't want to be 99% right. I want to be 100% right. I don't want to be at 99% capacity. What, what if you get on a plane today and they say, we just want you to know this plane's about 99% ready to go? You know, does that set you at ease? What if your doctor came in, he's right ready to do a surgery, and he said, look, I, I passed about 99% of those courses they took me, you know, they gave me. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to say, well, hold on. I don't want to be the guy the lawyer says, well, I win about 99% of my cases. You know, I, I'm not real sure. I, I still would like better assurance. And I want those folks around here to get 100% if we can provide it. And if it's within your capability, that's why you want to learn from everybody you can to pick that part of it. We say, remember this, bad things happen. They all do. You can choose to act or react. Keep your eye on the goal. And whatever you do, don't give up. If you'll press through You'll make it. I found a long time ago the exits on the first mile are real crowded. Everybody gets off on the first mile. But if you'll stay in there, you'll find that the second and third mile is not as bad. And so if you do a little bit more than those who quit, you'll be looking back one day and saying, you know something? We pressed through, and there really is some reward for perseverance. I hope that will be of help to you, and Catherine's going to end us up today and give us some giveaways. Good job.